Hello everyone and welcome to episode 24 of the NFNL podcast. I'm Samuel Zito, joined by Jared Gardner. Jared, incredible to think that we're here. We're up to the last day of the 2019 NFNL season. What a year it's been. And on Saturday, it all closes with three grand finals. The top flight grand finals, the 19s, reserves and the seniors. A day headlined by the Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 grand final which will be played off between Greensboro and West Preston Lakeside. It's the minor premier up against the reigning premier. You could hardly script a better conclusion to the season. What a way we have to finish it at Preston City Oval. Yeah, can't wait. Thanks for having me once again, Samuel. It's, it's going to be a great end to the 2019 season. It's been uh, a great year across all three senior divisions of men's and women's footy and on the netball court, and it culminates in, in this day in, in Greensboro and West Preston Lakeside. Greensboro have been the benchmark all year. Uh, only lost that one game by under a kick and an absolute thriller, whereas West Preston start the season 0-6 and, and find their way back to a grand final looking to defend their title. So, as you said, you can't script it any better. During the course of this program, we will talk to both grand final coaches. We'll have Mick Harford from Greensboro and Rob Mayorana from West Preston Lakeside on the program shortly. But it's incredible to think that West Preston Lakeside from Norton 6, no side had ever played finals from Norton 6, now going back even to 2017, Greensboro, the first side from Norton 5 to play finals. So we're, it's not so much a precedent, but it's starting to show that the, the record books are being rewritten. And, and it's a great credit to, to the Roosters to come from Norton 6 to, to just to make finals, but to win now three consecutive games. And whatever happens now on Saturday, I think history will be rewritten. The Roosters, of course, are going for back-to-back flags. And in doing so, would be the first side since Heidelberg ended the four-peat in 2009 to win consecutive top flight premierships. Greensboro, well, we know for, for their point of view, minor premier. In recent times, only Heidelberg in 2016, the only side since Bandura in 2011 to finish first and win the premiership. But if you look at Heidelberg, they, of course, lost the second semi-final. So for, for, for you to find a side that's won the second semi and then gone on to win the grand final, you go all the way back to 2011 when Bandura did it. So... Either way, both sides this weekend, Greensboro and West Preston Lakeside, looking to create their own bit of history and, and rewrite the record books. Yeah, exactly. I think that West Preston one is just su- such a great story. And as we saw, they've come from such a, a, an interesting place. We we thought they were co- almost fighting off relegation at the start of the year. And as you said, Greensboro did it a few years ago, came from 0-5 to make finals. And uh, West Preston looking to, to go the distance and go back to back and... Um, hopefully they get some big ins this week. We'll, we'll talk about team selection um, as the week goes on, but I, I can't wait for this match, and it's just uh, going to be a battle for the ages. You've got Greensboro, who will go in as favourite. There's, there's no doubt about that one there. They are, of course, the side that's uh, you know only lost one game all year, but West Preston knows what it takes on Preston City Oval. So we'll go through the game in, in great depth in a few moments' time, but it would also be remiss to not look back at, at the game that we saw played at, at Preston City Oval uh, the previous Saturday, Whittlesey winning the A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2 Grand Final, their fourth Division 2 Premiership from their past four campaigns. This year's triumph adding to what they did in 2010, 2013 and 2015. We'll be joined by their coach Blair Harvey later in the program. We'll also go into the game in, in greater depth later on, but a remarkable achievement on the big stage. They've been building all year, the Eagles, and uh, when it counted, they had Banyuls measure a great grand final, the Eagles running away with it late. Yeah, exactly, and, and we've kind of seen throughout the season, Banyul were, were the favourites most of the way and had been on top of the ladder. It was only percentage that kind of separated the sides right at the end of the season, but Whittlesey had been building through the second half of the year and uh, so much young talent uh, and, and a great performance on Saturday. It's headlined by uh, Jaron Murphy, who kicks four goals and one of those special ones down the boundary line, one of the great grand final goals, and Xavier Demarzi, best on ground. It's just uh, a great young core, and they'll go up to Division 1 with a lot of confidence, having spent the past three years up there. Yeah, absolutely. They know what uh, what they need to do now to, obviously, having been in the, in the top flight before, and, and last year spent, or last time around, spent their longest stint up there. But they've got a young side, um, their reserves played off in a preliminary final. They're under-19s playing Division One football this year, so you feel that they've got enough to to know what what it's going what it's going to take. But uh, a great achievement for them. For, for Banyul, obviously, a, a disappointing end to the year. They sat on top for for most of the season. Of course, had a buy in round one, but uh, once they hit the hit their track, uh, oh, hit the ground from round 
round two, but their first game against Altham won that one comfortably and, and looked to be the side to beat. But uh, for them, the, the form just plateaued a bit towards the, the end part of the year. Whittlesey was the side on the up, and I know the Bears won the second semi-final by seven points, but they weren't able to replicate that on grand final day and, and did look, the unfortunately for them, the inferior side throughout the day. Yeah, it is just a, uh, such a disappointing end to the season for Van Yule, but um, unfortunately only one team could run away um, victors and go up to Division 1. So for Van Yule, they'll, they'll look to next season and say, well, we've come up into Division 2, we've made a prelim and now a grand final. Uh, hopefully they can just go one step better next year. Yeah, the next logical step, that if they would feel, is, is to go on and, and win the Premiership as well. So we'll look at that great game in greater depth in, in a few moments' time. We'll go to a short break. On the other side of this, we're going to look at the upcoming game in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1. It is the 2019 Grand Final. It's Greensborough up against West Preston Lakeside. You're listening to the NFNL Podcast. Located in central Greensborough, Watermark provides 1,000 square metres of premium gym space with new equipment, functional training zone, group fitness program and a supportive team to lead you towards your health and wellbeing goals. Watermark offers modern aquatic facilities for lap swimming or relaxing in the sauna, steam room or spa. Learn to swim in Watermark's award-winning Go Swim program, offering swim lessons from six months of age and up. Have a great day out with the family on the large rough water slides, splash park and pools. All this with convenient access to Watermark's free multi-level car park. Google Watermark Greensboro to find out more. Thank you for sticking with us. As we said before we went to the break, we are going to now look at this weekend's grand final Saturday, Preston City Oval, quarter past two. It's going to be Greensboro up against West Preston Lakeside. Jared Gardner, we've got the side that finished first up against the side that won last year's Premiership. They're both in outstanding form. The Borough have gotten to this game by winning 18 of 19 matches throughout the 2019 season. Their sole loss came by two points, and they hit the post late in that one there. They come up against a West Preston Lakeside team, which has won 13 of its past 15 games. Both sides are going to go in with great confidence, albeit you probably feel, given the way they've performed over the stretch of the season, that the Borough are going to enter as the favourite. Both sides also know what it takes to win on Preston City over. What a game we have in store this coming Saturday. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, as I said earlier, Greensboro have been the benchmark, but West Preston, as we said, they just know how to win on Preston City Oval. Um, after, I think, did they, they lost the qualifying final last year to North Heidelberg and then have won six straight games on on Preston um, in the last two years. So they know how to do it. They've got the talent to do it, but they're going to come up against a, Greens- a red-hot Greensboro side. Certainly know what it takes to go on and win the Premiership. Now now it's all about how, uh, I guess, each side now performs over the final two hours of the season. It's what it all comes down to. You look at, at recent years. I think last year... We, we knew that McLeod was the favourite going in, but they had to overcome that, that recent hoodoo. They'd, they'd lost two uh, previous grand finals going in and, and then had probably no luck on the day, not playing uh, Lucas Hobbs and then also losing Ned McEwen early. But as, as that probably showed us, and even in, in recent years all the way through, that it all comes down to the two hours, doesn't it? You can um, hypothesise and, and predict what potentially could happen, but it all comes down to how the two sides perform. What we are going to get is, is two star-studded sides, though, aren't we? You look at the Greensboro lineup. Obviously headlined by the likes of Tom Bell and, and Charlie Molyneux. Ben Finnell has been a great addition as well. That midfield has been uh, in outstanding touch all year when you also throw in the likes of Chris Clark and we know that also Zach McCubbin's been in, in great form throughout the year. You just have to look at, I guess, the, the team of the year squad that was announced on the NFNL website yesterday. You've got a team of 47 of which come from Greensboro, which is an outstanding effort in a 10-team competition. You've almost got half of your starting lineup in the uh, in the squad of 40 so they've obviously got the depth uh, to burn we know that their backline holds up so well led by the likes of you know Riddle Croxford and also McClendon Jack Johnston there too and then up forward they have a, a pretty versatile mix as well it's incredible to think that their leading goal kicker going into a grand final where they've only lost one game all year is is just 28 uh, 28 goals with Ben Fennell but it's hard to find any weakness in this in this Greensboro lineup yeah exactly I think the main thing is that their their midfielders can go forward and kick goals highlighted by Ben Fennell being their highest uh, goal kicker this year he's played a bit a bit forward but that just speaks of the depth in the in that Greensboro midfield so um, they're, they're a tough one to beat and I think that uh, that matchup in the forward line for West Preston I think Nick Riddle you'd assume goes to Ahmed Saad but 
Um, that's a, that's a yeah. yeah I mean, that's it's a matchup it's worth being matchup. Yeah, whether it had been North Heidelberg or West Preston playing off against Greensboro in the grand final, whoever Nick Riddle played on, it was always going to be a great matchup. So, um, very interesting to see how that works out, and and if West Preston can find another avenue to goal, if if Riddle can hold side. And then you look at that at West Preston Lakeside, and, and I mean, they're in, in great form. As we said, any side that's won 13 of 15 games is, is going to be a side that's taking plenty of momentum into the finals. They know what it takes. I think the fact that they actually had a tough slog on the weekend, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I, I think if you look in, in recent years, sides that have come off the, the short six-day break have, have always backed up pretty well. But if you look at their, their opening final against Montmorency, they cantered through that one there, only conceded one goal against Heidelberg. They all, for mine, they always felt like they had the Heidelberg's measure. Yeah. I know at half time it was only, I think it was about 13 or 14 points in it, but then they, they ran away with it. But um, going into the last quarter, they probably knew that the game was theirs unless they had a, a really big you know, fade out. But I think the game at the weekend against North, North Heidelberg really gets them, them match hardened. And you look at the preparation for, for both sides Greensboro's coming in off a week's rest, then a 98 point win as well. Um, you know, obviously another week off in the, in the prelim final weekend, but they've done a lot off the track. I know, I know that, but uh, West Preston might feel it with the, the match hardened conditions that they might be better prepared. But for West Preston Lakeside, one element's going to be the, the team selection because we've talked about it right through the final series and we've continually kept a close eye on, on Port Melbourne's VFL results. Yeah. We know that with... Uh, Port Melbourne losing last weekend in their prelim final that Matt Signorello now becomes available. Oscar Usel's also now available for selection. Yeah, you also think whether they you know, potentially go to Sam Glover, who we know has got um, you know, bigger commitments later in the year with you know, a, a draft combine uh, selection as well or an invitation there and you know, whether they even potentially were to even consider rolling the dice on a Mark Kovacevich if, if it came to that as well. But certainly the first three that are mentioned there, there's there's going to be some I guess, some tough decisions to be made as to whether they play them. And, and if they do, who unfortunately misses out the other way? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, the, the first two you mentioned, Usel um, and Signorello, they're, they're two walk-up starters, basically. You've got to have them in the side. Usel was one that was very unlucky to miss out last year on the premiership. He was um, named in the side, but then was laid out on the day. So he'll be hungry for a bit of success and hopefully get out on the big stage this year. Signorello walks in and he starts. He's, he's been on an AFL list and come back to Port Melbourne and, and had a good year with them. And, and when he's been in the West Preston side, been very impressive. Um, Glover's one that I, I don't think will play just because he wouldn't want to risk anything going into possibly a draft combine and bigger aspirations um, later on in the year. But Kovacevic is, is a really interesting one for me. At, at this point, I wouldn't say that he'd be playing, but... Um, Best on ground in the grand final last year. He knows how to do it on the big stage. If you can bring him in, you might as well. Well, Signorello is, I guess, a huge inclusion because you look at his form when he was in. He played six games earlier in the year. He's been in good touch with Port Melbourne as well, but he had some standout games. I think back to the match at Ben Freelay Oval, where at the time both uh, West Preston Lakeside and, and Hurst Bridge were in the bottom part of the table, but both sides were starting to build some good form, and you thought the winner of that could really contend for finals, and, and he was clearly the best player on the ground. I thought he was their best also when they played Greensboro. That was all, all the way back on, on the Sunday clash when they played in round 11. The Borough won that one convincingly, but I think the final scoreline, it, it just shows that the Borough's dominance in the second half of that game because they're actually behind at half time. So head-to-head form going into this weekend is clearly on Greensboro's side, but we know how much West Preston's form has improved since then. So if you look at the two head-to-head games, round 11, West Preston 10-12-72 went down to Greensboro. 20 goals, 14, 134. And then when they played back in round five, that was, of course, played in a twilight fixture. So the game finished under lights, and Greensboro was equally dominant that day, winning 14 goals, 18, 102, to West Preston, three goals, 11, 29. But back to that round 11 game, remember that, uh, being there on the Sunday, I thought Signorella was very good in the midfield with Federico as well. And, and they got the jump that day against the Borough. I think they kicked three of the first four goals, led at quarter time, still led at half time, albeit Greensboro had started to make a run late in the second term. And then Charlie Molyneux absolutely destroyed them through the middle of the ground. He kicked three goals that day. Ben Fennell kicked four as well. And they romped to victory in the end, winning it by 
by 62 points. But there's probably enough in the first half for West Preston to look at to think that if they can, you know, do that across an extended period of time in the grand final, that they can certainly trouble this Greensboro lineup. Yeah, and I think that'll be one one thing, one major thing that they'll take out of that matchup is they say that well they have to be switched on for four quarters because you look at that second half against Greensboro, they kicked seven goals in the third quarter and then eight in the fourth quarter to run away with it. So. You, you can only have a 10-minute lapse against this side and um, they can run away with the victory and really um, kill the game. So West Preston will know that they have to be switched on uh, from the get-go and for the entire four quarters if they're going to be a chance of winning this game. Yeah, the start of the game is, is just yeah. so important as well. We saw on the weekend uh, how important it is. And if you look at the two senior men's grand finals that we've had, Panton Hill six goals to nothing in the first quarter. Even though they there was a revival from South Morang, it was always that head start that, that kept uh, the game safely in Panton Hill's reach. We saw it on Saturday as well. Whittlesey kicked the first three goals, kept Daniel goalless until about the nine or eight-minute mark of the second term. Banyol made the charge, but even when they're doing that, the opposition being Whittlesey was, was still ahead, so they still had some, some breathing room, and all it takes is then one or two goals to maybe change the tide back, and, and then you've still got that that little bit of a buffer. So I think the start's pivotal. Some of the... I'm really interested to see how, how both sides line up. I think from Greensbury, you, you probably know what, what to expect with them. I know they've got great versatility through their lineup, but um, I'd imagine that, that, that those who have you know, played back throughout the course of the year will, will, will start their, their forward setup. We know they don't have that, that big hulking forward. It's a hybrid mix they have there, but it's just so effective, and it, it shows even on, on the big stage. You look back and, and look at what they did uh, just a, a week ago in the in the second semi-final, booted 22 goals against North Heidelberg, had for the day 38 scoring shots to 13, and when you kick 22, you're probably expecting someone to kick a big bag, but McCubbin, Panham, Molyneux all kicked four, McIver Clark chipped in, Don Desmond knows how to kick a goal, Tyner Smith kicked a couple as well, and they just have such a, a great depth of, of goal kickers, it's hard to close down on any, whereas you look at West Preston Lakeside and Yes, there's a I mean, there's a reliance on Saad to kick goals, but they have other avenues as well. But Greensboro will probably feel that they've got greater avenues to goal if, if that's what it comes down to. Yeah, exactly. And I think you spoke about the start, especially at Preston City Oval. We, we don't know what the condition is going to be like. It doesn't look like it's going to be too good on Saturday. But if there is a win going to that city end, as we see so much, it's, it's going to be imperative whoever wins the toss to kick to that city end and get a good start. Um, if that is West Preston, I think... They're going to look for Saad early and look for a guy like Aiden Tilly early to get them on the board, whereas Greensboro, they're just going to look to flock forward and get the ball into the hands of basically whoever because they, they can all kick goals. So uh, I think that reliance on on, on, uh, on Ahmed Saad is, um, might be to West Preston's detriment, but I do think that they, they have other options to goal. If you look at, at his form so far against Greensboro, going into the previous weekend against North Heidelberg, he'd kicked 16 goals in two regular season games. This year against Greensboro, kicked three in round 11, and then didn't kick one in the round five game. So he's been quieter. You'd expect Riddle to get the job there. But you talk about the the conditions. It'd be interesting because looking at Greensboro, when they played North Heidelberg two weeks ago, cold, heavy day. Yeah. You know, and, you know, run away with a win. Yeah. As I said, 98 points. And that might have been a bit fluttering to in the end because they did probably take the foot off late late in the piece. But West Preston's shown that they, they love, uh, even if it's uh, overcast and wet as well, that they're, they're able to adapt and did that against Mont, did it against Heidelberg and, and then even against North Heidelberg where the rain didn't really kick in too heavily but it always threatened as well and let's hope that wind does stay away. We had pretty decent conditions wind-wise over the weekend, didn't affect the Division 2 grand final. Had a, a, an impact in the first half probably on, on Sunday in the prelim but then uh, it did stay away and we saw that in the last quarter where West Preston Lakes had kicked four goals kicking to the market and in the last quarter to, to win the game by 12 points, having led by just two going uh, going into the last. You mentioned there Aiden Tilly. He's such an, an important player to, to this West Preston Lakeside lineup. Hasn't played in a loss this year, so I guess that goes to show that yeah. uh, the impact that, that he has on, on this lineup here. They were struggling early in the piece, um, but he's he's been a player that since he's come in, Hasn't played in a loss. He's kicked uh, bags of, of three goals or more on five occasions throughout the course of the year. Uh, that inc- includes three goals against both Montmorency and Heidelberg in the final. So uh, a, a lot probably, re- I shouldn't say rests on his shoulders, but if he has a good game, it, well, as the, as the uh, I guess, the, 
the results will tell you through the course of this year that uh, if he plays first off, they win. But if he plays well, it, it goes a long way to, to West Preston Lakeside holding up the cup if it goes that way. Yeah, exactly. And we, we speak so much about Ahmed's side in that West Preston forward line. We've already said it so much in, in this episode of the podcast. You, you think they're going to put a lot of effort in and Nick Rood was going to be the one that goes to him. But you, you do have to put just as much effort into Aiden Tilly because if, you, if, you're put, if you're putting all your effort into side and then leave Tilly... Um, open and able to do his own thing in the forward line, he can get on top of you. So they've got to split that um, the the effort between those two forwards because they're the, they're the two most dangerous ones. So if Tilly can get on top, then it will it might go a long way to helping West Preston to a win. We could, uh, I guess, uh, have a guess at what might happen for for probably a good hour or so, given yeah. the, the way these two sides, uh, the depth they have and the talent they have through their sides. But what better thing to do than to have a chat directly to the two coaches for this coming Saturday's Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 Grand Final. We're going to start with a chat with Mick Harford. We're going to follow that with a chat with West Preston Lakeside's Rob Mayorana. But without further ado, he's the coach of the Greensboro Football Club Mick Harford ahead of his side's return to the grand final for the first time since 2015. Mick, first of all, congratulations on getting the side through to the grand final. You've obviously had a bit of thinking time ahead of the game, given the fact you're the first side through. But what's it been like for the club, I guess, in the in the days following the second semi-final win and, and now preparing for, for the biggest day of the season? Uh, thank you, uh, Samuel. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah, look, it's been good. Uh, it's a really mature footy club and a really mature list. So, uh, obviously, we're really pleased to, to play well in that second semi and uh, have a really good, strong hit out. But uh, you know, the focus has still been on on this weekend, which is which is great. So we've had a couple of really solid training sessions, which we've been able to do with the uh, the week off, and yeah, we're really looking forward to the week ahead. Getting through to the grand final is obviously a great achievement in itself, but, but the season you've had, uh, 17 wins in the home and away campaign, dominant in the second semi-final, you must have, have great confidence going into the biggest game that uh, that you can get the job done on the big stage. Yeah, I've got great confidence in our list, uh, to be honest. I, uh, I trust what they'll give me every week. Um, whether that's enough to win a premiership, well, time will tell. But I really trust in our in our playing group. I trust our system. Uh, our players trust our system, um, so we're, we're comfortable with where we're at. You know, we're definitely not satisfied by any way, stretch or form. But um, yeah, it's been a it's been a really strong season, and I, I really hope that that the players get the rewards for their effort for the year. But you know, we know we're coming up against a extremely formidable op- opposition. Um, you know, the reigning premiers who've done an enormous job. So. Uh, yeah, again, it's going to be a great contest. Your side finished first on the ladder. I think in, in recent years, Heidelberg finished first and, and won the flag in 2016. But uh, I guess the, the, the I guess one of the most amazing things is the, th- the fact that no sides actually uh, won the second semi-final and then won the grand final since back in 2011. Do you reference that at all to the playing group or is there any way of, of preparing uh, as you try to, I guess, defy recent history? Oh, look, it's, you know, it's the elephant in the room. Uh, everyone sort of has a little bit to say about it. But uh, as I said, it's a really mature group. Um, I think it's a, uh, it's a different group in the fact that they have been preparing unbelievably all year. Um, and I think either way, history will be written this weekend. Um, if we're to hopefully get across the line, then, you know, it's a number of years since the, the top team's done that. And if West Preston were able to win it, then to come back from 0-6 where they were at the start of the year. So history will write itself. But we don't worry about that because, you know, what's gone before us, we can't really can't really manage. So our focus has been on just sticking to what we know. And you can tinker with things and you can change, you know, you can change up your training regime and you can change everything. And then it becomes really unorganised. So we've just tried to stay really organised. Uh, we had a plan in place for the second semi final. Uh, if we won, this was our plan. If we lost, this was our plan. So we were already organised and ready to go. So we're not concerned about what, what's happened previously. We're, we're really focused on this weekend. And, and I know the boys are you know, absolutely 
pumped to be playing on the last day. If we can go back to that second semi-final just for a moment, 98-point winners, your lead was, was beyond 100 points during the fourth quarter. The actual side that you put in the park for, as, a, as an outsider looking in looked as, as probably strong as you could possibly select. Uh, I'd imagine that you'd be pretty comfortable that the, the 22 that, that played that day, I'm imagining if, if they're all fit to play, would, would uh, be preparing for, for this weekend's game. Yes, it's uh, it's a challenging week from a selection perspective. Um, obviously, having the seniors and our reserves playing in second semis and both winning and going straight through was was an enormous uh, benefit for us. Um, the challenge is that we've got a really healthy list, and that's not a challenge from a kicking the team perspective. But we're going to have somewhere between you know twelve, eleven, twelve, or thirteen players actually miss out on a game this weekend. So. Uh, we're really, you know, really fit and really well. Um, I think the number's 59 on our senior list, and we'll have 59 available, which is unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, the, the 22 that played in the semi-final are obviously in the front running. But yeah, it's it's just something we're going to have to deal with during the week, and I'm, I'm not sure we can make a change at, at this point. But We'll see what happens. I guess as a, as a club, though, it's a, it's a great achievement to have both the seniors and the reserves through to the grand final, both the, the first sides through to those respective games as well. I'd imagine the vibe's fantastic around the club, but it's it's obviously important that you have that, that depth there and the fact that the reserves have been able to push through as well means that there's real pressure on, on selection, which I'd imagine could only be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, a, it's been an unbelievable year, really. And we've lost... Between our two men's senior teams, we've lost one game by two points. So the playing group's been extremely resilient. Um, the ability for them to stay on the park and to, to manage the rehab and all that stuff's given us an opportunity to pick a really strong team every week in both grades. Um, but the camaraderie between the playing groups, you know, that's what gets you to this point in the year. So you can have all of the strategy and setups and plays and whatever you think as a coach that you need to have to make yourself important but it's actually the, the camaraderie of the group and the ability for the players to stick together um, especially when you've got guys missing out every week uh, not through form sometimes not through injury but just missing out because we've got too many so the fact that we've still got 59 uh, available uh, has given us an enormous opportunity to keep the pressure on the senior senior squad but also to reward guys when they're playing well. And we've had a real theory all year about, you know, when we're making change, we're bringing guys in that are in good form. It doesn't matter who they are. If they're in good form, we want to bring them in when they're on the upslope. So, uh, yeah, we've been we've had a really great year and it all comes down to our playing group, mate. We talked at the start of the year, and I know you, you made the, the point of, of saying that uh, in recent years the club's been successful in a way, playing f- regular finals, but without c- quite uh, progressing deep into the final series. And um, you've, you've targeted in, in the recruiting that you did. You brought in Tom Bell. Uh, obviously, Ben Fennell is another big one. Liam Reid uh, comes in as, as the number one ruckman. And I guess Charlie Molyneux feels like a recruit in a way, given the fact he was you know, really limited last year. But you'd have to be thrilled with the, the way that uh, the, the players you've brought into the club have, have been able to, to buy in but also really help you you know push up the ladder and and secure that first spot in our grand final place yeah and we we talked earlier in the year you and i about just thinking a little bit differently about the way that we play our football um, obviously we've got a really strong back line and we have had for a number of years uh, so we've been really hard to score against most times but we haven't been able to score forward of the ball enough and that was our number one focus so the, the, the recruitment of those guys really helped um, and just for a little bit of context you know you get a guy like Tom Bell who played AFL last year right and that's sometimes you forget that last year he was playing in the in the AFL he hasn't missed a training session all year um, you know he's there at every social function he's washing the dishes on a Thursday night in the kitchen um, it's it's that culture and that player buy-in that has been, you know, the difference in, in what we do as a footy club. So, and he's just one example of that. Um, but it's probably the most, most pressing example when you come back from the AFL. You don't have guys just missing training, floating in and out, not really being part of the group. But that's an example of where where the playing group's at. And yeah, our recruits have been fantastic. You know, the buy-in's been unbelievable. Um, we've had guys in and out of VFL, um, but when they come back, they're they're a part of what we're doing and. It's been an absolute pleasure so far. 
you, your opponent this week is the reigning premier. I think in a way, it's uh, for for all outsiders looking in, it's uh, it's an enticing battle. You've got, I guess, the the title holder being West Preston coming up against the the major challenger for, for that title. Given yourselves being the minor premier, they're obviously looking to make history, as you alluded to before, as being the first side this decade to to go for for back to back premierships. But but what have you made of, of their rise up the table this year? Obviously, remembering the fact that they were Norton six early in the piece. Yeah, well, you know, you don't. You don't lose your talent, and they didn't lose their talent uh, with their list. Uh, the reigning premiers uh, are always the, the ones you want to beat. And I, and I think, again, we spoke early in the year about we played West uh, twice and we're able to beat them twice. And when you say the year coming out that you've beaten the reigning premier twice, you know things are going going okay. Um, but Rob's done a, a terrific job to, to keep the club together, one, because it's zero six. You know, it's difficult. doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. It's difficult. Um, and they've got some quality players, mate. So it doesn't surprise me that they are where they're at, um, and it's been an enormous effort from them. So, you know, obviously we went and saw yesterday, and it was a pretty tight battle. Um, but, you know, they're just a quality op- quality opposition that we'll face this week, and, uh, yeah, we know we're, we're up against it playing the reigning Premier. Where do you see the game being decided on Saturday? Oh, look, I think it's, it's in the midfield, mate. Um, both teams can can score. Uh, both teams have strong defences. Um, it's really that midfield battle that's going to be really critical. Um, the ability to get the to get the ball forward and, and put each other's back line under pressure is probably going to be the, the one that gets you. So, you know, how deep can you bat and um, how much rotation can you have to to continue to put the pressure on through the middle? Um, that's that's where most games are won, and then obviously it's a the opportunity to have scoreboard pressure and and uh, kick your goals when you need to kick the goals to uh, either get yourself in front of the game or maintain your position in the game. It's going to be a great battle. I'm really looking forward to it. We're having a chat uh, this Monday, but what does the, the week ahead look like for your side as, as you prepare for the biggest day of the season? Uh, really, really standard, mate. As I said before, we just maintain our organisation that we've had all year. We, we train Saturday morning. Um, then we all went and watched the game on Sunday and we'll just train Tuesday and, and Thursday as per normal. Um, the boys are, are all fit and well and we, we don't want to upset anything. We've, we've got a really good plan and program that we've been running all year and, and they're comfortable with that. Uh, so we'll just train as per normal and, and look forward to the weekend. Pretty early in the piece, but the forecast for Saturday would look like we'll get a, a bit of, uh, of rain and, and potentially heavy conditions. Does that change anything from, from your perspective as to how you perhaps maybe look at the lineup or, or maybe the way you, you prepare for the game? No, nah, not particularly, mate. We've had a, we've had a really wet, heavy winter, um, so we've been able to sort of navigate our way through all sorts of conditions. And, um, you know, Greensboro was pretty heavy during the uh, the winter months and we, we hit some really heavy grounds at times and um, our boys have been able to adapt to all the conditions. So, again, it's having a mature group to be to able to adapt to all sorts of conditions and, and grounds and wind and opposition and uh, the boys have stepped up every week. So, I'm comfortable that, that we're in the right spot. Um, if we can perform well on, on Saturday, then... You know, we're, we're hopeful we can get across the line. Well, Mick, we really appreciate your time in, in joining us on the NFNL podcast. Uh, massive uh, congratulations on what you've been able to achieve thus far, but obviously there's the big hurdle coming up as well. So we wish you the, the very best of luck in, in this coming Saturday's grand final. And as, as we said, really do appreciate your time in joining us on the NFNL podcast. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The Meadows Conference and Events Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, The Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. Our next guest on the NFNL podcast is the coach of the West Preston Lakeside Football Club, Rob Mayorana. His side has made a, a stunning resurgence in 2019 from a Norton Six start, now facing off in a second consecutive grand final. First off, Rob, must congratulate you and, and your club on what you've been able to do in, in turning your fortunes around this year. Was there ever a time where you, you thought that it might be too far-fetched to believe that you could be playing off in another grand final this year? Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam, first of all. Um, yeah, the, look, we were always confident in our own ability and what we, we could do, so there's a combination of being hopeful uh, as well as being quietly confident we could get it back on track and uh, um, I probably didn't expect to get 
to this point of the year, you know, just just uh, getting into the finals was our first goal, uh, which which we achieved. And once you're in there, um, you just don't know uh, how that plays out. And the the players in the club have been terrific um, throughout the whole period through adversity early in the year. Um, working together and, and getting to this point has been a real club approach. So um, yeah, mighty proud of the club. Obviously, last year the club won its first premiership in in eight years. It was a, a tremendous success and a, and a great September run as well. But um, the fact that you, you won it last year was that, uh, in a way, a burden or, or perhaps a fact that it gave you more confidence, knowing that this year, when you're not in six, you look back and say, "Well, we've done it last year. We can build towards it." Or the the fact that you're the reigning premier and you've started so slowly does that then become uh, something that provides even more pressure on the club? No, I didn't see this pressure at all. I mean, we we just look at each game. On its merit, we we are we're confident in our own ability and, and the way that we play. Um, we just needed a few things to come together, which we weren't wasn't quite happening early in the year. But uh, the fact that we won it last year really, didn't, in my mind, didn't apply any more pressure. Um, it's the even nature of the competition doesn't allow you to sit back and I suppose <laughs> enjoy the fruits of that for too long. So um, now we've we've just worked hard uh, to get to this point. Um, and uh, with really strong persistence and perseverance, uh, and and we're here now, so we're really extremely proud, and we're excited by um, by the week that lays ahead. You've won now your past six games on Preston City Oval, the, the last three last year, and of course uh, three this year to get through to the grand final. The ground itself does it does it feel like a, a second home for your club now? There just seems to be that when you get there, and everyone knows the way that West Preston Lakeside now uh, plays on Preston, but there's a, there seems to be a real comfort level for the playing group. Do, do, you, do you sense that as a coach as well? No, not really. I don't attribute that to the ground as such. It's more it's more the uh, the approach of the boys and their determination to uh, perform well on the big stage and um, make the most of the opportunity in finals football. So, um, yeah, the, the, the ground itself, I don't think, uh, has a lot to do with it, to be honest. In terms of your final series so far, dominant in round one, uh, in the round one of the finals, rather, against Montmorency, um, you know, a really comfortable win, I guess, in the end against Heidelberg, albeit the game hung in the balance at half-time. And then on the weekend, the closest uh, of the lot against North Heidelberg. It was a tough affair. Your side uh, got over the line uh, with a, a late uh, late run in the uh, or the start of the last quarter, kicking the first four goals. But what did you make of the performance against North Heidelberg, which gets you through to the grand final? Yeah, it was a tough affair. <clears throat> we, knew, we knew North Heidelberg were going to... Um, we're going to respond to last week's performance in the uh, second semi-final to Heidelberg. Um, so we we weren't surprised by that. They obviously took it up to us, made it a real uh, grueling contest. Uh, I didn't think we played our best football, and that had a little, little bit to do with how North, North Heidelberg were playing, um, but also a little bit with our, how we were, um, how we played as well. So um, again, we persisted throughout the game, uh, a bit of an arm wrestle. And uh, last quarter was pleasing just for the boys to find a way, even though it wasn't their best performance, uh, to still grind out a win. Um, it was pleasing and to give us this opportunity to be still alive in grand final week. I'd imagine uh, for you as, as coach now, there's probably some selection uh, headaches that you're going to have going into this weekend. Matt Signorello's Port Melbourne's out of the VFL finals. Osgood Usel's now available as well. And there's you know, even talk potentially if a Glover or, or Kovacevic potentially is, is available as well. But I'd imagine it's, it's a good problem to have, but, but a problem all the same for yourself. Yeah, it is a tricky one. There's always hard luck stories in uh, grand final week. Um, so we do have a few options and, and a few selection dilemmas. Um, it's going to be tempting bringing a few of those guys into the team. Um, we need to weigh that up against um, the boys that have, have got us to this point in, in, in the finals uh, and got the job done over the last three weeks. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that throughout the week and, and make the best decisions for the team that we think will uh, be able to knock over Greensboro. It's going to be a history-making day regardless of, of what happens. Uh, we know the history where no side's been able to defend a premiership for, for this whole decade in, in Division 1, but there's also the fact that for Greensboro, they're looking to overcome a, a recent record whereby uh, the winner of the second semi hasn't gone on to win the grand final. But, but for your club, in terms of the fact that you can make history and, and you know break a long-standing record of sides uh, defending a premiership, does that get brought up at, at any stage at all during the course of the week? No, not really. Uh, particularly when we've got nine to ten boys uh, that didn't play in last week's uh, last week's last year's grand final. So uh, it is somewhat of a different group. Um, so we're 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 in the here and now. Uh, the opportunity that presents itself this week, um, 
if we win this week, well, it gets added on to last week's uh, last year's win, um, and they're two separate two separate um, situations in my mind. And we're all about preparing for this week. To, to go back to back is, is is hard to do, and that's why it hasn't uh, hasn't occurred for the last ten years, as, as you pointed out. So it is bloody hard, and um, as the competition evens up. Um, it becomes even more harder. So really proud for us to, to be in this position to have a crack at it, um, but they are hard to pull off. You mentioned there that it's a, it's a quite a different uh, side uh, from from last year. Um, there's the the addition of those new players. Do you think that this adds that that element of hunger as well, given the fact that they're striving to to achieve something which many of them may not have in, uh, throughout the course of their senior career? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The injection of of uh, some new players, um, different faces, some youth. Uh, I, I think that has kept the group hungry. Um, you know, nine or ten of those boys haven't enjoyed um, um, the, the, the wins of a grand final, so they, they want to have that feeling as well, and that's that's driving the group. Um, so, yeah, and that goes well for the team, the the club, for the the depth that we have at the moment uh, throughout the club. To have nine or ten players uh, injected into that team. Um, it's pretty exciting uh, as well for the longer term. We've been able to blood some younger players uh, during the course of the year, give some opportunities, um, and we've been able to come out the other end of it pretty well. Um, so very exciting. And for those new faces to the club and into the team, yeah, I'm sure that they're going to want a premiership medallion around their necks like the boys did last year. The, your opposition this uh, this Saturday, of course, Greensboro, the minor premier, have dropped, dropped just one game so far in, in 2019. What do you make of the side that's uh, standing in between you and, and the Premiership Cup this Saturday? Oh, they're an outstanding football team. Um, their second semi-performance was ominous. Um, they've been the best team all year. They're, they're very even across the park. Um, you know, really strong midfield. Um, they've got good leaders on the field, well-coached. So it's going to be a, uh, a great challenge for the boys, um, but one that we, we, we think we're up to and we'll attack um, head on. If we're good enough, we're good enough. Um, if we're not, we'll, we'll hopefully give a good account of ourselves and it'll be a good game on the day. The two games you've played against them this year, you look at the final scores and I know they, they probably both end up looking like blowouts, but second time around, in that first half, you've, you've probably provided the biggest challenge that, that Greensboro's played all year. Do you go back to the tape and, and look at what worked in that opening half, albeit I know they, they got you in, in the third and fourth quarters, but do you go back and, and assess what you did well in that first half to hopefully extend that out over four quarters this week? Yeah, yeah. We um, we will do that. Um, we thought the first time we played them at Greensboro, uh, they, they simply outplayed us. They were far too good. We weren't in great form at that time of the year. Second time around, yeah, I thought our first half was, was really good, really competitive. Um, we led them at half time. Uh, we just couldn't sustain it for long enough. Um, so we'll, we'll go back and have a look at that and see what it was that we were doing uh, that put us in that situation and, and why the drop-off in the second half as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we know it's going to take a, a strong four-quarter effort against a strong side like uh, like Greensboro. And, and looking at, at your own your own lineup there, there's obviously there's been some additions to, to the side uh, since the start of the year that uh, that have helped you obviously get back on on course as well. But um, there are a few that uh, that in particular I'd uh, I'd like to focus on. And I don't want to individualise, but you look at someone like say even an Aiden Tilly hasn't played in, in a defeat this year, but has that that versatility to to play almost in, in any position of the ground. I know on on uh, Sunday you captain Nathan Valadaris has the ability to uh, go back or rather on Sunday and, and push forward in, in that second half as well but your, your ability to, to have the, these players who can play in, in a range of positions how important is that when you get to a game like a grand final where you know that if you have to make a change you've got that, that wild card up your sleeve that you can you know really change your lineup up and, and maybe throw something different at the opposition yeah, I think it is important to have that versatility you, you, sometimes plan A and plan B don't work and you need to look at other options and to have that versatility up your sleeve is um, is advantageous. So we do have players that we can change the look of the team pretty quickly. Um, but players that are comfortable in a variety of different positions. Um, so that does help. But um, we, we like to play and have the setups that we we prefer. Uh, and then you you see how the game unfolds and what decisions need to be made on the day. Well, Rob, we appreciate your time in joining us on, on Grand Final Week again. Congratulations on getting your club back to the grand stage this year and uh, all the very best in, in defending the Premiership. We do appreciate your time and, and we wish you all the very best on, on Saturday afternoon at, at Preston City Oval. Uh, thanks, Sam, and thanks for uh, all your support in the NFNL uh, all year. It's been a terrific year and um, hopefully it's capped off with a, a good game on the weekend. 
Our pleasure. We're all looking forward to it, mate. All the very best. Certainly great to hear from both Mick Harford and Rob Majorana. Jared, uh, I guess what's left for us to do in terms of looking at the Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 Grand Final is to attempt to pick a winner. How do you see it unfolding on Saturday at Preston? Um, I really can't see Greensboro losing. I think they've just been too good throughout the year. And um, I think on, on last Saturday, I kind of looked at that game and I thought I just couldn't shake the feeling that Whittlesey would win that one. And um, I was right, luckily, for that for that one. But Greensboro, I, I just, yeah, I, I can't see anyone getting on top of them. I know West Preston have been impressive through um, the final series and through the, the second half of the year, but this Greensboro side is just so talented and I think they'll get it done. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit the same. I, I think Greensboro, I think it would be pretty close. I think yeah. Yeah, certainly West Preston Lakeside's form in, in the back half of the year, not only can it not be discounted, but I think it, it, it says a lot about them. But this Greensboro side's been the most dominant home and away side we've seen for, for quite some yeah. time. And I know McLeod, you look at the, the win-loss ratio that McLeod had over the, the extended period, but this Greensboro side's just been putting sides um, to the sword right throughout the, the course of the season and very good sides at, at that as well. And if you look at... The, defensively how they stack up they've conceded an average of just 50 points a game to think that they've only lost once by two points it almost makes it impossible not to tip them I think the the way that West Preston Lakeside's been playing I mean It'd be an upset if they won, but you wouldn't be overly surprised. But I think if you had to, to tip and, and put all the factors into account, I think most are going to expect Greensboro to win. One thing, I guess, that, that always gets thrown into the mix, and, and it has to given the fact that it's become an extended record is, is the fact that the side that's won the prelim has gone on to, to win the grand final every year since 2012. So if you didn't know that, I think you'd say that you'd expect Greensboro to win comfortably. But keeping that in mind, I think it, it can't be something that, that that's quickly discounted. But I think the, the borough for most would be the favourite going in. But we do expect an absolute cracker. And if West Preston does go on and win, well, not only will they... You know, become the first side this decade to win back-to-back premierships, but you'd have to argue it's one of the greatest premiership wins in in the history of the in, entire the entire competition. To be Norton six, to just make the finals was was an incredible achievement. To even be here is something else. And if they do go on to win it, I think you're hard pressed to find a a, a greater story to to win a premiership. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of teams would would drop their heads after six rounds and say, well. Let's just look to get a little bit out of this year, win some games and just have a bit of fun with it. But West Preston has said, no, we're not accepting that. And uh, gone on, as you said, win, was it 13 or 15 games since then? And um, yeah, as you said, it'd be an amazing story if they can't get up. Of course, their two losses, one was against Greensbury in, in that run since round six and then also to, to Montmorency later in the, in the season. They reversed the tide or they turned the tide on, on Montmorency in the final can they do it again against Greensboro uh, this weekend? We'll find out. 2.15 Preston City over the game to also be live-streamed on the NFNL Facebook page. Jared Whittlesey, their premiers again in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, the fourth time they've done it since 2010 at the weekend. It was a fantastic grand final. It was close. It was what you wanted. The skill level was absolutely outstanding for mine for, you know, for Division 2 football. But in the end, it all came down to whoever was the better side on the day. Both sides went in with great records throughout the home and away season, and it was Whittlesey who stood up when it mattered most. The Eagles winning 10-14-74 to Banyul, six goals, 11-47. As we said from the outset, Xavier DeMarcy, best on ground, but had plenty of company on the day with Jaron Murphy starring with four goals. Mitch Andrews was great. Loved the game that Zach Malloy played on James Chris and Brody Bell further enhanced his uh, his reputation. He's only a young player, but he's got some uh, certainly a big career ahead as well. But the Eagles, deserving of their 27-point victory. Yeah, exactly. They they kind of, from the outset, they, they looked like they were going to win this game. And um, I think it, it's just such a great performance from uh, such a, a young group. We looked at the, the, the profiles of these two um, teams beforehand, and I think there was nine players who were 21 or under for uh, Whittlesey. I think Banyol only had one or two, whereas... Banyul had nine or ten who were twenty-eight or over, and Whittlesey had only had two, two, two of those. So, it's um, Whittlesey came out firing, and and you look at some of their best players. Brody Bell's only a nineteen-year-old. Zach Malloy, a seventeen-year-old, doing a job on one of the best forwards, not only in Division Two but in the entire Northern Football Netball League. Um, it, it's such a great performance. And then you look at a guy like Nathan Stefanile, who probably won that ruck battle over Tim Martin throughout the day. Tim Martin's an absolute star. Um, Ruckman, so 
I think there's there were so many contributors for Whittlesey and that went a long way to, for them winning this game. It was a warm day and I think that actually played into Whittlesey's favour. We talk about the young side. They seem to, to spread the ground yeah. a, a lot quicker than what Banyul probably could. You mentioned the, the age profiles of the two sides, but they seem to adapt to the warmer conditions better. Banyul had some misfortune early. They've lost Jake Trufat in the yeah. first half, limited on rotations, but showed some real grit there and they looked in trouble during the third term kicked the goal right on the three-quarter time siren through Ben Embleton and then got the last uh, the first in the last quarter via Michael Italia and it just seemed that they had the momentum Whittlesey found the response at the other end but as soon as they did that Banyol kicked the game got back within a kick and, and you probably felt midway through the last quarter that Banyol might go on and win but it just seemed in that final 15 minutes there was it was Whittlesey who had the, the, the more energy and Jaron Murphy was, was crucial in all of that. Kicked two of the last four goals. Of course, the Eagles kicked all those four to finish the game, but he kicked two of them, played a hand in, in both the others as well, and it was one of the great uh, finishes to a grand final by a player. In the end, just pipped at the post for the best on-ground medallion by Xavier DeMarcy, but didn't he enhance his, his reputation, Jaron Murphy, and kick one of the, the great grand final goals that we'll ever see during that third term? Yeah, exactly. It was just, yeah, exactly. One of the great grand final goals. And I think it, the only reason he was pipped by Xavier Demarzi for best on ground was Demarzi's four-quarter performance was just absolutely superb. I think Mitchie Andrews was very good in the first half as well and, and would have gone uh, close to winning best on if he had um, kept going in that in the second half. But Jaron Murphy stood up and... Yeah, that that running goal is just you keep replaying it in your mind, and there's um there's no words to describe it. And and as you said in that last quarter, he kicks two of the, two of their goals, but also has a hand in them. There was a few, I think there was one great kick across goal where he hit a team. I think it might have been Clancy Bland taking a mark, and yeah, it's just do some great things on Grand Final day, and um yeah, he would have been a very deserving best on ground if he had have won the award. I think looking at it from a Whittlesey perspective as well, it's fitting that Riley Dyson kicked the last goal of the game, missed much of the season. Of course, their captain, he hurt his ankle early in the piece, but fought hard to, to get back into the lineup. Got got back late in the home and away season and then to, to kick the winning goal to seal it was, was fitting as well. From a Banyul point of view, we know for Whittlesey now, they'll go up into the top flight. They'll return where they've had... The previous three years up there, which was their longest stint in one consecutive run in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1. We talked about it from the outset, the fact that they're 19s play in Division 1 already this year. They've also, you throw into the mix, the fact that their reserves played off in a prelim and a Division 1 grand final last year as well. So they've got, you feel they've got the depth there, but for Banyol, it ends in disappointment. There's obviously the real goal to, um, to go up and, and test themselves in the top flight. That has to wait at least 12 more months. Having said that, I know the season didn't finish the way they would have hoped, but to finish third in their first year in second division and then finish runner-up this year, they're, they're on the right path, aren't they? It's just a matter now as to whether the veterans in the side all, all go around again or, or whether they have to you know, develop some, some more from underneath, which they're certainly capable of doing. You look at their, the bottom end of their list, there's some gun youngsters in the side. I think you look at players like Riley Lowton, who's just you know 20 years of age, an absolute star of the competition, uh, and then Kai Yodji's one who's got a, a massive future ahead of him. Even players like Jacob Smith, who's only 23 years of age, I know he's been in the lineup for, for quite some time, and and uh, there's plenty, there's still plenty in that that profile that are going to send them forward for for a long time coming. But you just wonder whether some at the the top end uh, whether they they continue on, which we certainly hope they do next year. Yeah, exactly. Even look at a guy like. And Cabdi, who was unfortunate to miss out on the grand final, so um, another good young player. But yeah, I think the their older players still have that talent. They still have um, that ability to change matches off their own brutes. So there's no reason why they shouldn't go go on next year and really see if they can um, go one step better and, and win the flag. So I think it, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the off season, whether they do bring in any any new recruits from outside or or just keep blooding up from from that under 19s and that those reserve sides. So uh, I I definitely see that Banyol will be right up there again, if not winning it next year. Of course, one of the other great storylines to come out of Saturday was the fact that Blair Harvey added to his or uh, enhanced his reputation even further, if, if that was even possible. One of the most decorated players to uh, ever play in the Northern Football Netball League. We know he's playing history with Heidelberg and, and also North Heidelberg as well. Of course, his last game, he won a, a premiership with the Bulldogs in 2017 when he was part of that Division Two premiership. First year as coach, and he guides this young Whittlesea side straight back into the top flight, winning the premiership. His first as a coach, here is Blair Harvey. Blair, 
congratulations. Um, we alluded to the fact last week that you'd had a, a highly decorated playing career and now in your first season as coach of, of Whittlesey, you've taken them straight to the ultimate and, and won the premiership. How does that compare to everything you've achieved on the playing field as well? Oh, I think it's, oh, thanks for having me for starters, but it's um, a great feeling, I think, if you're involved as um, a coach, player, water boy, whatever it may be, president, if you're involved in a premiership at any club level, it's uh, always a great feeling. The, the game itself, you, you got the, the fast start on Saturday, kicked the first three goals and, and kept Banyul goalless until early to, to midway through the second quarter. Do you think it was that start that in the end uh, that got you the upper hand and, and obviously uh, obviously in a, in a tight game got you the winning hand? Well, I think so. Look, that was a big focus of ours going into the game. We knew two weeks earlier when we played Banyul that we missed four opportunities early. Um, so we thought if we can start well and get scoreboard pressure... Um, it could really put some pressure on Daniel to try and come back. Your side, it's quite a, quite a young side, but um, you're looking mm-hmm. at, at the day itself, it was a, a warm day, and you just seemed to have a bit more run and spread than, than what Banyul probably did in, in the run. But uh, going in with the young side, were you always confident that you'd be able to run out the, the full four quarters? Yeah, we were. Look, I think I said on the podium, we did a running block between rounds 12 and 16, which was a five-week block of, some real hard running. Um, we sort of thought we put ourselves in a position through the year that we were going to lock a top two spot in. So we weren't too worried if we dropped a couple of games going into the finals, knowing that we'd done a heap of work to help us for the finals. Um, and obviously, yeah, it paid off in the end. We are full of runs, especially right up to the last couple of minutes of the game. There were some really telling performances on the day. Xavier Damasi right across the, the four quarters. Jaron Murphy, obviously, a standout as well with, with four goals. And I thought Mitch Andrews played a great game too. So too, Zach Malloy. But uh, just on Malloy first off, his his job on, on James Cruciratus was, was telling in the end, keeping him to one goal. For a 17-year-old, it was a, a outstanding performance on the big stage. Oh, he was fantastic. We sort of I spoke to him on Thursday night, said he'd have the job. Um, he'd kicked four against us in the second semi, so he knew that he was one of the real dangers for us. Uh, and Zach said, said he'd love to. Like, he loved the opportunity to play on him. And I think with Zach, he's only 17 years old, but he's a very mature kid. Um, and I think going forward, mate, the bigger the challenge for him, the better he'll play. Brody Bell's another one as well who elevates his reputation. He had a, a great grand final for, for someone, again, who is so young. Yeah, he was fantastic. I thought him right from the very start really was able to intercept Mark and really really compose another one who's only just turned 19 who's very mature for his age also. Was there a particular point in the season where you just thought that you had the, the recipe in the side there that, that could take you all the way? Yeah, I think from the start, me coming new to the football club, there were some things. I'd watched some games from the previous year and there's a few things that we identified that we had to improve on. Our skill level was one of those things and obviously fitness. Like fitness is a big key. If uh, you can get yourself to more contests, if you're fitter, uh, and you give yourself a better opportunity to play well. So those were two things that we really worked on. Um, and I think we, our loss to Banyul when we beat, played them around eight or nine, I think it was, they beat us by 44 points. Um, it wasn't really the way, sort of, we played okay football, just our execution, so we kept turning the ball over. So it was something that we had to work through from early November all the way through. And it sort of wasn't until most probably around 10 to 18, I suppose, when we started executing correctly. So once we got that right, we knew we were going to be fit. So it was just getting that balance right from the start. I talked about the fast starters being crucial, but there was also um, a real response late in the game as well. Banyul was pressing. They kicked two of the first three goals of the last quarter and within a kick halfway through the last quarter, but your side was the one that, that really lifted in those last 10 minutes to, to seal the win. You kicked the last four goals. I mentioned Jaron Murphy before. He was, was really instrumental in all of that, but you must have been so proud with the response from the side against a, a Banyul team, which was really surging until that midway point of the last quarter. Yeah, they were great. And you know, it's from right from the start, but even the lead up to the game from Thursday night and then when we got to Preston on Saturday, was about just enjoy it, embrace the moment, um, don't die wondering. So go out there and really take the game on. Um, I think if we had a kick straight early on, well, they wouldn't have got that close to us. So at one stage, I thought we were going to kick ourselves out of the game. So it was great to see that they responded so well at that last 
15 minutes. You talked then about taking the game on. Well, Jaron Murphy certainly did that in the third quarter with one of the great grand final goals. You've been involved in, in plenty of great grand final moments, but that one in particular when he took possession at half back and, and basically ran the rest of the length of the field for a goal, where does that stack up in the goals you've seen at, at Preston City Oval? Yeah, it was pretty special. Uh, to be honest, it was, uh, it was great. And yeah, I think you go back and watch the game and uh, young Mitch Andrews, who's half the size of uh, Daniels Ruffman, he puts a good shepherd on it about 65 metres out and really helped him settle the kick that goal. But yeah, as far as goals and grand finals, I don't think you get much better than that. I'm not sure if you can quite recall it. I don't know if it's spur of the moment, but at three-quarter time, the game was in the balance. They'd kicked one right in the three-quarter time siren. Do you remember what you said to the troops to, to try to will them over the line in the last quarter? It was just about keep taking the game on um, and keep running. We knew that they were sort of a bigger side than what we were. That it was a beautiful day for footy. That it was getting a bit hotter than usual and sort of knowing that that time of year it does get a couple of degrees, couple of degrees hotter. Uh, it was just all about running. I thought we could just keep running all the hard work we've done for the first three quarters, that eventually we'd get that reward. Anyone who comes in, I guess, dreams that they could take a side to a premiership straight away. Um, but you obviously had a plan in place. So it must be, I mean, the first step in that now is, is accomplished to get back into the top flight. But uh, are you are you ahead of schedule or, or do, you, do you think that you're right where, where you would hope to be when you took the job on 12 months ago? I think we were right where we need to be. Like we, it was ambitious, I suppose. We sort of sat down and said that we have a three-year plan and obviously the first plan was to get out of the um, second division. So we knew we had the talent there. It was just about finding that balance of where everyone was going to fit and also get that execution to a new game plan, a new game style. That With such a young group, like you go with youth, they can go either way, I suppose. They could, you get it there and they get frightened by it all, but to our luck they were able to really fire up on that last day in September and really get that reward. The, the club now, obviously, the, the last stint in Division 1 lasted three years, which was their longest uh, as a club, but I guess now, long term, I'd imagine the goal is to, to stay up uh, for even longer than that, but you must feel that you've got a side that's, that's well-equipped equi- to do so. It is a young side. The reserves played off in a prelim, plus played in a, a Division 1 grand final last year, and the under-19s have been playing in Division 1. You must feel, as a club, you've got all the attributes that can keep you in the top flight long term. Yeah, I think we are. Well, I think we're in a really good position. As you said, our reserves basically played in the pre- or lost the Alton by a point to go into a grand final again. That would have been back-to-back grand finals for them. And the 19s were in Division 1, and if it wasn't for me taking so many of those kids away, they would have really went well in, division under, uh, in that Division 1 competition. So I think we're in a really good spot. We had close to nearly having two under-19 teams this year, um, and I hope for the progression of a few of those kids there now, there's about five or six that I reckon will take the next step next year to play senior footy. Uh, in saying that, we're still going to have to recruit some guys, um, no doubt, get some big, bigger bodies and things like that. But overall, I think we're, we're in a good space at the moment from where we were 12 months ago. And I think the natural progression of these younger kids, hopefully the success they had on Saturday, drives them to be better again. And I'm, I'm sure you've had a, a couple of big days since, and, and I hope that uh, the celebrations that you can continue for a little while longer and you can really appreciate what you've achieved. But when does the, the focus now turn on to, to 2020 and, and going up into the top flight? Uh, we've already sort of been planning for that, um, regardless of if we had a one or we had a loss. Uh, we were always planning to sort of, we thought you made a good enough side. So about three or four weeks ago, we started some planning and speaking to some guys. Um, and it's pretty hard this time of year. Everyone sort of wants, doesn't want to talk about football. Um, so we'll most probably get through this week. We've got the league presentation on tomorrow night, the club presentation on, on Friday night. And then we'll sit down as a club most probably in the next week or so. And then basically probably go through another plan on where we're at now and where we need to be in 12 months time and get the wheels in motion. Well, Blair, once again, congratulations. A, a wonderful achievement at the weekend, taking this to Whittlesea to a fourth premiership in, in their past four campaigns in, in second division. So congratulations on that. Uh, a, a great performance and, and all the very best going forward to, to 2020. Thank you for, for all your, uh, for your efforts uh, throughout the 2019 season. Thanks, Samuel. Thanks for having me.
Fantastic to hear from Blair Harvey there. Of course, it is a huge week right across the Northern Football Netball League. We have the Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 Grand Finals on Saturday. We'll have pre-game entertainment again from Mike Brady. So do get there early. He'll be performing from 1.55. And then, of course, the first bounce in the main game at 2.15. All of that to be live-streamed also on the Northern Football Netball League Facebook page. And on Wednesday night, we'll also be live-streaming from the MCG, the 2019 Rosbrook Medal Night. Of course, our best and fairest awards to be announced across all of our football and netball competitions. It will be obviously a great night. We wish everyone who's invited the, the very best of luck in their, their, uh, uh, in their respective awards. Not only are the best and fairest awards announced, we'll also have uh, other uh, significant awards, including Volunteer of the Year, Club of the Year, there's the AFL Victoria Northern Region Coach of the Year for both uh, male and female as well. So keep up with all of that on the Northern Football Netball League Facebook page. And then, of course, on Friday, we'll be announcing the Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 Team of the Year. The squad of 40 already on the website. And uh, that, of course, to be whittled down to 22 as selected by the coaches and also uh, accumulating the umpire votes and coaches' MVP votes as well. Jared, thanks for being a part of this weekend's or this week podcast obviously it's a a very exciting time a busy week but a very enjoyable one coming up and uh, uh, it certainly looms as one of the great grand finals this weekend with Greensboro taking on West Preston Lakeside yeah exactly I can't wait to to be at the MCG and see uh, the Rosbrook medal and see who wins that one across all uh, wins the best and fairest across all three divisions because uh, there's going to be some very tight races and some tough ones to pick so I think it's it's going to be great to see that. And then on Saturday, the, the big one, it's the one we've been waiting for all year, um, the Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 Grand Final. And it's the best way to end the year at Preston City Oval. Hopefully the weather holds off and um, we get a, a great game of footy. We'll be keeping our fingers crossed that, that the weather does hold out again. Thank you for everyone who's tuned in to this weekend's uh, edition of the NFNL podcast. We do hope you enjoy the entire week of NFNL action. And we thank you for, for listening in. You've been tuning in to the NFNL Podcast. <laughs>